This is episode 28 of the History of Podcast. I'm Robert. And I'm Emma. Today, we will be talking about the history of Twitter. Now, uh, first, as always, we have the egg carton count. Oh, yes. And today's egg carton count is... It's, uh, it's 38. And our egg carton count is being destroyed by buying, like, paper cartons instead of... Because we only take the, uh... We only take the like the styrofoam ones, mm-hmm. and then yeah, we keep buying paper ones, and it's just it's hurting us. Need to be more focused in our strategy. Maybe <laughs> next time, egg well, strategy. Tweets have become the standard for public statements, yeah. and it's kind of interesting how that works. It, I mean, like it's just a tweet. Whoever thought like whoever thought official White House statements would be made on Twitter? It's 2021, man. Yeah, crazy. Stuff. And this started in 2006. And yeah, Twitter started in 2006, not 2006. the White House statement. No, <laughs> but Twitter was created by a group of friends out of a company project. And uh, so uh, the first person of these group of friends, of course, you know, is Jack Dorsey. He's credited, uh, credited with the idea. And we'll talk about how he actually made himself the public face of Twitter really undeservingly. Um, but he's he's credited with the idea. He's currently the CEO. Noah Glass was also involved in Twitter. He put in by far the most work to get Twitter off the ground. He was laid off and slash fired from Odeo in July of 2006 for being overly dramatic and argumentative. Wow. Sadly, he was omitted and forgotten from the company's official history. Another person involved in Twitter was Evan Williams. He was, or yet was, the CEO of Odeo, and he personally funded the startup of Twitter. And just a note, he's vegan. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's also vegan, and um, he had some companies before that. He was actually, uh, he had a lot of startups. He had something called uh, Obvious Corporation. He sold his company Blogger to Google, and I believe his first company was uh, called Plexus. Plexus. Yeah. Like he was, uh, glass and Lexus. No, it was. It's actually the name come came from like a, a part of the brain. Oh wow, quite fancy. Yeah, and uh, but he was doing a lot of pioneering work with uh, the internet. Um, and then the next person on the list is Biz Stone, and he was a major programmer, and he's just a name to know in Twitter. He's not one of the more known names, but he is he is a good name to know uh, when it comes to the history of Twitter. And so this company was that uh, that. Twitter came out of this company was Odeo. And Odeo was founded by Evan Williams and Noah Glass. Believe it or not, Odeo was a podcast website. Woop woop for podcasting. It's kind of meta. <laughs> yeah, a little meta. Tech pundits claimed podcasting was going nowhere. Yeah, bet. We'll get to that in another episode. Uh, but yeah, hmm. plug for another future episode. But Odeo was toast once Apple released the iPod 5 in October of 2005. And with that, podcasts were added to iTunes, and this made Odeo virtually obsolete. Jack Dorsey, an employee at Odeo, came up with the idea for an application or website called Status. And you can probably see where this is going. The original idea was to broadcast to your friends, or even the world, what you were doing at that exact moment. For example, you could say, listening to Rolling Stones right now, or making burgers on the grill. The original tagline was, what's your status? It's kind of weird and narcissistic when you think about it, like saying what you're doing right then. But I mean, it's kind of what social media is. Twitter was originally, well, 
Jack Dorsey, we'll talk about how Jack Dorsey is not who you think. Um, but Twitter was originally coded on a relatively new programming language at the time, uh, which was Ruby on Rails. And the original coding was sloppy and not meant to handle the numbers it would reach down the road. It was, um, and I'd like to credit um, Nick Bilton, who wrote Hatching Twitter, a book I read for this episode. And he talks about how the the original coding for Twitter was like, it was like, made of cardboard and duct tape and it was meant to be it was meant to be like a sky it became a skyscraper made out of cardboard and duct tape um so that was the analogy he used <clears throat> and as twitter uh grew the servers became overloaded and the site would go down on a regular basis and this made twitter kind of more interesting and uh more attractive to new users which kind of is a good thing and a bad thing because it's good because you're getting new users, but it kind of makes it worse because it only makes the uh, the down the when the site goes goes down, it only makes that happen more often. And the filler picture while the site was down was actually a, uh, originally a funny cat picture. Classic. So then to make things more professional, um, Biz Stone changed uh, the filler picture to a painting of birds lifting a whale out of the sea. But, of course, this came to be known as the fail whale. Oh, that's so majestic. Oh, can you put a, a link to that in the show notes, a picture? I guess I can, That yeah. would be so awesome. You have to look at the fail whale. It's so cute and derpy. <laughs> the purpose of Twitter began to change when an earthquake hit San Francisco in August of 2006. The small Twitter community briefly used the platform to give their 140 character comments and updates about the earthquake. This was when Twitter changed from status to... What's going on around the world right now? So a little more important than just yeah. You know, what so their stat their tagline changed from "What's your status?" to "What's going?" or it, it actually I think changed to "What's happening?" And this would bring a clash between Jack Dorsey and Evan Williams about the purpose of Twitter and how it would be used. So of course Jack Dorsey stood uh, on the on the on the side of uh, "What are you doing right now?" or "What's your status?" and uh, Williams was on the side of uh, what's happening and also the original name was twitter t-w-t-t-r which was kind of modeled after flickr f-l-c-k-r um, but of course some things didn't stick two features that came later were the hashtag and the at sign and we see that a lot in social media at the beginning messages were 160 characters in twitter and that was the text limit for a cell phone the move to 140 characters allowed the Twitter's username, Twitter user's username to be shown at the beginning of the tweet. For programmers, the at sign was used to refer to someone else on a server. And this was fitting, uh, and it became a distinguishing feature of Twitter that allowed users to speak specifically to other people or about other people instead of just making you know proclamations to the world. Um, and this, I think this was kind of a, a win a little bit on Evan Williams' side, even though um, Jack Dorsey did part of the programming uh, programming on that. It, it was a win for the what's happening side of things. But Twitter picked up the uh, the the hashtag from Flickr, um, like a lot of other things, <laughs> and it was used, um, the, the hashtag was originally used on Flickr to refer to different topics. For example, there was a hashtag San Diego Fire, uh, when there was a fire in San Diego in 2006. and um, But then those topics would be grouped together, creating more focused conversations on topics. And you also see this on Instagram, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 
Facebook was already growing in popularity and the founders had to be careful not to make just another Facebook. That'd be very close competition. Dodgeball was another competitor in the early stages of the company. Dodgeball being a social media platform. And it was eventually acquired by Google. And uh, Evan Williams, CEO of Odeo, started Obvious Corporation, which was a startup think tank. And Williams personally funded the startup of Twitter. Um, And the grand public unveiling of Twitter was at the Love Parade in San Francisco. So kind of (laughs) like it was a rave, like think of along the lines of Burning Man. This was pretty bad. Um, uh, But the attendees were too drugged and drunk to know what was going on. And uh, the whole the whole event was kind of a failure for for Twitter uh, that night. And Dorsey uh, even got so drunk that he uh, he fell and hit his head and had to go to the hospital. Oh, yikes. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun. Twitter's growth and popularity took off with its debut at South by Southwest in March of 2007. South by Southwest, if you don't know, is a music conference that features some bleeding-edge tech in Austin, Texas. Interesting story. Dorsey had a great recognition speech. He said, I would like to thank everybody in 140 characters or less. And I just did. I mean, that's that, if that's your speech, I mean... Which actually, Biz actually wrote the speech, but it was... Um, and I think that was the beginning of Jack Dorsey becoming the public face of Twitter was... Biz actually wrote the speech, but it was just a group of friends um, who went on stage together um, and won the award. And they're like, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? And then uh, I think Jack poured, uh, pulled the, the short straw and it actually ended up going to his benefit in the future. Wow. Um, but Twitter became Twitter Incorporated in April 2007. And this was with the first round of venture capital from investors. Twitter had no business model and no revenue yet. And Jack Dorsey was the first CEO. Evan Williams was the first chairman. And until this point, he had still personally funded Twitter. So he owned a 70% stake in the company. I believe uh, Jack Dorsey owned a 20% stake. And yeah, Um, Yahoo offered to acquire Twitter for $12 million in June 2007. Now, sounds high to some people, but now they're a multi-billion dollar company. Uh, and Yahoo was known for buying companies. We talked about that in uh, episode nine, the internet episode. And I think that was their downfall. They they bought companies like like they were at a grocery store. They bought too many. Um, but anyway, the point is, twelve million was insanely low for uh, for Twitter, and it was just non negotiable. Twitter had already uh, two hundred fifty thousand users at that point, and it was growing exponentially. So there was just no need. They were going to stay independent. Jack Dorsey was the CEO of Twitter until October of 2008. He mismanaged funds, treated employees like serfs, and almost sold Twitter to Facebook. Evan Williams and the board of directors ousted Dorsey from under his feet. He was given the title of chairman, but he was a silent chairman, which means so I guess you're there and you can watch the ship go down. You technically but you can't do have anything. the title, but he also had a silent he had a silent board seat, so he couldn't he couldn't do anything. Yeah, so he was left out of major company decisions, but he could still watch it, though. He couldn't He couldn't vote in board meetings, and his board seat was technically occupied by Evan Williams. So Evan Williams had two votes on, on the board, and uh, Jack Dorsey had none. That's, that's his uh, silent board seat. Plus side for him, though, um, Jack Dorsey was still paid a salary of $200,000 
per year. So, I mean... Well, just that was just for one oh, just year. just one year. One year after he was fired. Essentially, he was fired without the public knowing it. And uh, Evan Williams took over Dorsey's position as CEO. Um, but during his time away from the company, Jack Dorsey started Square with Jim uh, McKelvey. And Square is a company that creates devices and software for customer payment for small businesses. Of course, he is the CEO and is still the CEO of both companies. Um, and Jack Dorsey also started taking more press when he was quote-unquote chairman. He made himself the public face of the company, often speaking on behalf of Twitter, and most of the world never knew he wasn't making any company decisions. In April of 2009, two Twitter accounts had their race to 1 million followers. The contestants were Ashton Kutcher and CNN. Kutcher won, and it was embarrassing to CNN, Yeah, he, I'm sure. he beat an entire news network. And, uh, yeah, but first to, first to 1 million. Uh, but kind of like the, remember the PewDiePie T-Series race to 100 million, Emma? I, no? I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. You don't remember this? I'm not a big PewDiePie <sighs> fan. I know. You don't even have to be a PewDiePie fan. You just have to, n- like, go on the internet once a Oh, yeah, month. yeah. I might remember that. <sighs> I know. I'm sorry. Also in April 2009, Evan Williams was featured on the Oprah Winfrey Show. And Oprah would be sending her first tweet on this episode. Williams wasn't originally supposed to be on the show. Um, Funny story, he actually, he wasn't supposed to. And then um, he got a phone call from an associate at, uh, on, from the Oprah Winfrey show. And she said, "Uh, can I talk to somebody? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Who are you? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the CEO. Can we have you on the show? So that's, that's how that uh, turned out being. Um, But uh, Twitter was, kind of still having problems with outages at that point so oprah's account was actually held on its own special server so even if the site went down her server would not would not go down (laughs) wow and the twitter segment was uh successful on the oprah winfrey show but williams had to do a lot for oprah behind the scenes including actually writing the tweet so Apparently at this time, I don't know if she still is, but at that time she was terrible at using technology mm-hmm. and on she had a laptop and all the buttons were labeled in order of what she needed to click. She had like no idea what she was doing. Oh, no. It was just what she needed to click and she clicked them in the wrong order and she didn't actually send the tweet. And so during the commercial break, uh, Evan Williams had to had to write the que- tweet really quick. Well, he seems like one of the most qualified people to write the tweet. <laughs> yeah, the CEO. Well, yeah. most of the world didn't notice except for now. <laughs> yeah. In 2009, Twitter cut a deal with Bing and Google. Bing paid Twitter $10 million to allow tweets to be searched and view on Bing, viewed on Bing. Google also paid Twitter $15 million to do the same thing. So $25 million. So yeah, the tweet's going to be searched. They made cool. some money. But they still didn't have any business model. That was really the only money they made up to that point. Uh, but Evan Williams and Biz Stone were featured at the Time 100 dinner uh, for 2009. And Jack Dorsey was also there, even though he technically wasn't supposed to be. He actually, uh, he kind of like inched his way in and kind of willed his way in. Not many people know it was actually the Time 101. Um, he wasn't supposed to be invited, but he got there. <laughs> oh, wow. Just but yeah, up. interesting story. Well, he uh, he convinced them that he should that he ah. should be there. And it was the Time 101, but... It was still called the Time 100, but no one really Interesting. knew. Interesting. Yeah. Up until April, 
of 2010, Twitter was funded by Evan Williams and outside investors. And like Robert said earlier, didn't really have a business model. And that means not much profit except for, you know, being in Google. This was when Twitter came out with promoted tweets. These were advertisements that would come up in search results. So paid advertisements equal revenue. Twitter played a major role in the Iranian election in 2009. And just like in the 2020 election, uh, Iranian media reported uh, that, I'm probably going to butcher this, Mahamud, 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 uh, Ahmadinejad uh, had won the election, and the other candidate, Mir Hossein Mousavi, contested the results, and he was not successful. Twitter was going to have a scheduled maintenance period three days after the election. The U.S. State Department had Twitter reschedule their maintenance to 1.30 a.m. Tehran time. That's how important Twitter was to this election, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, and in June 2010, Russian President Dmitry Medvedev uh, came to Silicon Valley to get inspiration to create something similar in Russia, to create a, a similar Silicon Valley and he stopped by the Twitter offices to set up a Twitter account and send his first tweet. And the site went down when he got there, actually. Oh. So the site was down when he was there. He didn't know it. And Biz Stone actually gave him an awkwardly slow tour, showing him way too many things to stall um, until the site came back just in time for Medvedev to send his first tweet. Wow. And it was like it never happened. That seems like one of the most stressful tours ever. Yeah, they were. I'm sure they were sweating. Just like starts showing him plants to stall. Yeah, they were like, oh. here's our house plant. Here oh. are our succulents. Oh, Would you like to see this painting? Oh my goodness. Like gives him a succulent. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Costolo was hired as Chief Operations Officer or COO in September of 2009 with a joke tweet that would ironically predict the future all too well. He tweeted, first full day at Twitter COO tomorrow. Task number one, undermine CEO, consolidate power. That was probably a bad idea. Maybe. <laughs> well, Jack Dorsey was also anxious to be back in the higher ups of Twitter. Remember, he was still in this silent uh, chairman seat. And he methodically undermined Evan Williams as CEO. Um, he actually talked to various Twitter board members and persuaded them of Williams' incompetence. And most of the board members actually turned on him, turned on Evan Williams, uh, just like how it happened to Jack. Um, because Jack had no idea he was going to be uh, fired before he was. And that, that was the same case here. And uh, Dick Costolo became CEO in 2010. And Jack Dorsey came back to the company, which was the next step in his master plan. Uh, Evan Williams was moved down to a product position, and he was almost fired from the company altogether. Oh, wow. That's yeah. stressful. Sounds like a lot of drama. We've seen a pattern of founders leaving companies when it grows into something else. This was the case with Tesla. Yeah, we Tesla. saw that with, with Tesla. Yeah. With the two. yeah. Yeah. In June of 2011, Biz Stone's email was disabled, and he left the company. I doubt it was his choice to leave if his email was disabled. It was likely a cover for him being quietly removed. Which is sad. <laughs> that is really sad. In July of 2011, Jack Dorsey moderated a Twitter town hall with President Obama. This violated the original policy that Twitter would be a politically neutral platform. Jack Dorsey made it his company. He didn't take it from anybody else. And Bistone was actually going to... 
um, the time he found out his email was disabled was he heard about this, that Jack Dorsey was going to moderate a Twitter town hall. And he sent out an email saying, you know, this violates our company policies. And that's when he figured out it was it was uh, disabled because it didn't send. Um, but Twitter acquired Vine in October 2012. Oh, I love Vines. Um, but they discontinued Vine in October 2016. So plenty of our listeners are familiar with that. I would sure hope so. If not, go find yourself a nice Vine compilation on YouTube and just sit there for 20 <laughs> minutes. Twitter filed to be a public company in September 2013, um, meaning that they would, you know, go out on the stock market. And they held their IPO two months later in December. And the company's market value came out to be $31 billion. In June 2015, Jack Dorsey stepped back into the CEO seat, replacing Dick Costolo. And that was his final step in consolidating power. And a lot of people think he's been the CEO all along. And he was not, but he was the public face of the company. And that that's why everybody thinks that. Yeah, so many things can go on behind the scenes. It's just what, like, you know, the face, like there's a facade of what people see. Yeah. In October of 2016, Twitter laid off 350 employees just weeks before an election. That's kind of weird. Just a little bit yeah. suspicious. In November of 2018, Twitter doubled the allowed character amount from 140 to 280. Which I kind of wish they had kept it at 140 because I like the smaller bites. I like I like it being more limited. I mean, it's still a relatively smallish bite. Nah, I like I like but... the 140, like because it makes everything just a little tiny text. I don't know. It, it feels. I think it's better for the uh, the uh, the branding. Our, our little dopamine brains oh that goodness. can't running on uh yeah it's kind of it i don't know it kind of it makes it more instagram like which actually instagram's under facebook but we know all know about uh former president donald trump's use of twitter to bypass media outlets and even though obama is known as the twitter president trump seems to have made it uh the standard for official quotable statements and recently a uh, majority of news sources have been you know, just what somebody else tweeted. Um, but for the past few months, Twitter has run into some controversy regarding free speech. And this conflicts with uh, one of Twitter's quote-unquote focuses as named on their website. And that is, quote, freedom of speech and expression of civil liberties. So I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to get political. Um, but I will say Twitter's mission statement is, we use the power, the positive power of Twitter to strengthen our communities through platform, people, and profits. On October, 20, uh, October 28th, 2020, Twitter, along with Facebook and Google, participated in a Senate hearing regarding suppression of conservative voices and uh, failure to block hate speech. So those were the two complaints that were coming from both sides of the political spectrum. And uh, I linked a few news stories in the, uh, in the show notes if you want to check out more, but we don't want to get caught up in the weeds. But I'd like to um, end a quote from The Dark Knight, which is, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I just thought that was fitting. For, so we had we had a quote for last episode, and now we have that for this time. Yeah, that may become I a theme was, for our episodes. I'm we might sure. start doing, doing quotes, yeah. So thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we have something new. So we teased it in our last episode. Uh, we will be starting donations. Quite exciting. Um, if you got any sort of value out of this, 
feel free to contribute what you think you got out of this. Is this episode worth $5 to you? $2? $10? Donate it. If it was worth nothing to you, if this had no value, I'm really confused why you're listening. Also, We're like Twitter. We don't have any revenue right now, and we need money. <laughs> yeah, this we kind of do this out of the kindness of our hearts, so if you Keep would, the show on the road. Please keep the show on the road. This takes lots of time and energy to get this all together, and even if you're hate listening, I don't know why, but if you are, I imagine you still get some enjoyment out of that, some value, so if you want to donate a dollar or two just for that. I'm just going to say right now, I spend just as much time on this podcast as I do on school and schoolwork. Yeah, this is very time consuming. It's like school by day, podcast by night, (laughs) all day. I sound like Joe Rogan. We're not Joe Rogan. (laughs) So we are going through PayPal for donations. And if you donate $25 or more, we will read and... You uh, can send it. You can submit a note with your donation and you might even get it read on show. And so that would be cool. You can send, um, you know, you can attach your name to the donation mm -hmm. um, or you can send an anonymous donation if you don't want... Uh, your name put out there. But if you uh, do attach your name and you don't want to be anonymous, we will read your name on the show. So if you donate, listen up and your name will be on here. Um, And we will attach that uh, again in the show notes, um, a link to PayPal, and we'll also put it on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, we'd like to promote our YouTube channel. Um, It's also called The History Of. Um, You can, (laughs) it's definitely not the, our primary platform for uh for this podcast but we i still upload um upload the podcast as videos it's just uh just an audio only but there's a link to that in the show notes we also have an instagram called the history of podcast i think it's pretty cool we're gonna work on heightening our branding here soon so <laughs> oh yeah please m- give you it might a see follow. A, you might see a change in the future you may see a change some changes also uh if for some reason, you cannot find our podcast on any platform. Go to Podcast Index. They are free speech It's run by Adam Curry. Well, headed by Adam Curry and Dave Jones and a host of programmers. Um, and they don't currently have an app for Apple, but they do have a website and I believe an Android app. So, um, But if you have any questions or comments about the information provided in this episode please contact us at thehistoryof365 at gmail.com. Have a blessed day. And you've got to promise me something. Never stop learning.